Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Baron Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we've got a really good one. At least we hope it's a really good one because Alex and I are extremely giddy. Well, we're uh, going to enjoy the heck out of it. Hopefully you will too. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who've seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, and we really hope you you have and you should. Uh, if you Jim haven't, Carrey, go watch it. Right. Classic Jim Carrey movie. Jeff Daniels is in it. Uh, as we were re-watching the movie, uh, we being financial advisors and being the goofy <laughs> weirdos that we are, we found three lessons that Dumb and Dumber can teach you about money. I mean, there's lots of lessons that you can learn from Dumb and Dumber, but these are the three that we thought were the, the biggest takeaways. But before we get to that, what are we drinking today, Ryan? So we are drinking a Citra Fresh Hop IPA. Shocker, we're drinking an IPA. Whoa. Um, it is from 20 Corners, uh, which is in Woodenville, Washington. It's one of our, our spots here locally here in the Pacific Northwest that we really enjoy. Um, if you haven't heard of them, definitely check them out. Alcohol percentage is at 6.7 and the IBUs are at a 60. What do you think, Mr. Collins? Well, so you saw IBUs at 60. I saw it listed elsewhere as like plenty. Having a taste, it, it seems like it's a little bit more than 60. I don't know about you. You know, I just had that first one. It is sharper than most um, IPAs that that I've had. That's for sure. So I would the, the word plenty sounds great in terms of the explanation <laughs> I've used inside of this beer. I mean, this is this is a great like like late summer warm day, like plenty of citra in there. So it, it's true to its name. This is a good drinkable beer. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it actually. It it you know, higher IBUs, we tend to like just because IPAs, right? That's that's what they're known for. And up here in the Pacific Northwest, tends to be that hoppier uh, beer, as it were. The Citra, the, like I love the name of it because you definitely get that citrus flavor more so than any than a lot of other IPAs. And specifically, if you couldn't get that citrus flavor inside of this, I think this beer would actually be harsh to drink. Yeah, I agree. It's a, so, it's got that nice balance though. I I'll give this a solid uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I was going to go with seven myself. So seven bottle caps out of ten, everybody. It's, at some point, we'll pick something that we don't agree on for beers. You know, maybe <laughs> we should stop talking to one another and hanging out. I think that's that's what's happening here. We're the old married couple or the old uh, um, Sesame Street old man. What are the what were those men called in the in the balcony? Oh. Uh, It'll come to me. I'll, yeah, I'll figure so for it out. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there's a Sesame Street. There's two characters and they're two old men sitting in the balcony. And all they do is sit up top and complain and mock each other. That's like Alex Collins and I every day for better or for worse. Uh, Statler and Waldorf. There you go. And Alex is Googling as we speak. So <laughs> it was going to bug me to no end if I didn't. So like I had to figure it out. Yeah. So we, we, I'll never forget when we sent Jessica, Jessica's on our team. We sent her a birthday card and it was literally a picture of those two. <laughs> right. And we named it like this one's Ryan, this one's Alex. And she just found it hilarious because that yes. was the perfect birthday card from the two of you. So um, for better or for worse, that's us transitioning into Dumb and Dumber, which like I could talk for days about this movie. I mean, almost have the movie probably <laughs> entirely memorized at this point, but right. um 
let's start with the scene alex and then let's get into the takeaway from the scene sure so the first scene that i thought of was when harry and lloyd are driving across country and they're sitting in this diner they managed to antagonize like five rather large gentlemen um and uh so uh jim carrey's character goes no, no no i'll take care of it he goes over there and he goes hey I'm sorry, let me buy you guys a round of beers. Then he goes back to his table and he sits down and the waitress comes over and Jim Carrey goes, yeah, that guy offered to pick up our tab. And she goes, wait, you mean Seabass? And like Seabass kind of put, sticks his hand up in the air and goes, yeah, thinking that his table is going to get a round of beers. <laughs> and so like, Jeff Daniels character, uh, Harry is like, how did, what, what's going on? And so, uh, Jim Carrey tells him the story and he goes, and Harry goes, well, where, where did you hear that? He goes, Oh, I saw it in a movie. Great. What happened in the movie? Oh, about three miles down the road, the guys catch up to him and just brutally murder them. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Jeff Daniels character is like, we got to get out of here now. And they just take off. And as you're watching this scene, right, like you've got these three huge guys that are like could literally take out either, you know, either Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels or Lloyd and Harry and, and the characters that they play. And Lloyd, Jim Carrey's, you know, actor is like, hey, let's let's play a trick on them. That's and a great Harry's idea. like, oh, this is a great idea. And he goes, where'd you get the idea? Oh, this movie. And oh, by the way, it ended up really bad for the people that did it. And Harry's like, holy crap, we're in a, in a world of trouble. So. This hilarious scene unfolds and Alex to his, you know, weird mind thinks, oh, that's a big lesson learned in terms of money. What do you think, Alex? So the lesson here is be very careful with who you trust when you're taking advice. So you need to go ahead and find someone that you trust, but you also need to be able to verify like where the information's coming from or who the people are. And so there are certain ways that you can go ahead and, and check on financial professionals. For example, you can go to uh, FINRA's broker check and see like, hey, do the, do does this broker actually have the proper licensing? Yes. Cool. Do they have any uh, reportable incidents? Has anybody complained about them? What happened with it? things of that nature. And just because somebody had a reportable in incident doesn't make them a bad actor. Now, if they've got like 15 of them, then yeah, you may want to steer clear of that, but understanding how, like what happened and how it occurred and all those different things, you can see how long somebody's held, what licenses, what companies they've worked for, things of that nature. You can also figure out what advanced designations they have. Uh, I've got a couple, Ryan's got one. Um, and it's basically just lends uh, credibility to that we know what we what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean the fact of the matter is is you know kind of comparing this back to the scene, you've got this the shady looking character, granted Lloyd's also shady considering what he did, but you've <laughs> got sure. these two characters and when when you're looking at the trust aspect, like literally Seabass trusts Lloyd <laughs> in the event of he thinks he's getting free rounds of beer and then also Lloyd is trusting Seabass and the fact that Seabass doesn't hopefully find him and, you know, take him down from the standpoint of being upset. You have to understand, you have to trust the person you're working with, or at least getting advice from like, this doesn't have to be you working with a financial professional, but what type of expertise, what has this person done in their life 
so that you should actually consider taking advice from them. You've also got uh, the the server. The server trusted <laughs> what Lloyd told her and what Seabass's actions were. So, like, you're telling me that, Alex, like, what's the soup du jour? <laughs> it's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. I think I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the type of stuff that Ryan and I do all day in the office is just go back and forth with random quotes like this. Um, so it, it, this is one of the reasons why we decided to do this is because we thought it would be really fun for us to share some of our favorite things with you guys. And then also some of the lessons that came away from it and like, okay, how does this then like, what's the takeaway and how do we apply this to your world? So, uh, what, what's the second scene that we, uh, that we talked about here, Ryan? Yeah. So lesson number two is if you remember the scene where, you know, Lloyd and Harry have found this, they opened up Samsonite. The briefcase, I, slippy, was way off, sloppy, <laughs> Samsonite. But I knew it started with an S. <laughs> right? They, they, they've opened up this briefcase. They found okay, this briefcase is full of a lot of money, and so they've gone around town now because they don't have anywhere to live. They've gotten to Aspen, <laughs> and for those of you listening to this podcast, you know you've got Jim Carrey's talk going in the back in your mind, but. They've got this briefcase and now they're spending it because they're they're in Aspen. They've got nowhere to stay, right? They've 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 got this like miniature scooter. I'm not even sure what that's even called. That's a pull string uh, engine. And so they're in Aspen. They found this money and they're spending it. And they're spending it at like like nothing other. And there's this scene where they pull up in a Lamborghini. They open up the door to the Lamborghini. All of these gifts fall out of the Lamborghini. And then Jim Carrey's standing at the top of the stairs going into the hotel. And you've got all of the um, the employees of the hotel coming down to the Lamborghini, bringing all of these gifts into the, into the hotel. And Jim Carrey's got this wad of cash tipping every single Thank employee you. that walks up. He Thank goes, you. Here you go. Thank you. Here Thank you, you. Go. <laughs> Here you go. Right. So he's just wasting large sums of money. I mean, granted, he is replacing it with IOUs. Yes, that, that's a big one. Hold that's on to that one. one. <laughs> right? You don't want to lose that one. So you've got these large sums of money that they're spending. And the takeaway from that is, as Alex and I are, are thinking about this movie, is how many people get money that they're not used to having and they do just go and spend it well or spend it not well, meaning they're just spending it, not thinking about like the bigger picture inside of what's what's happening right you i kind of think of oftentimes professional athletes right yep they're not used to that kind of money and how many professional athletes end up retiring with pretty much none of it i was watching the the kraken the local nhl team the other night and it talked about uh vince dunn had it was his birthday and they were interviewing him and he goes oh yeah no i i just like my first nhl paycheck i went out and i uh, i bought a sports car and I totally regretted it. My mom hated it. My grandma couldn't get in and out of the car. I d- it didn't fit me well. It was just a really poor choice. And so he wound up selling that and buying something else. And it's just, it's the example of anytime we have found money or an increase or like a, whether it's like a bonus or stock options or a one-time thing that drops money in our lap, 
we have a tendency of overspending because we have this feeling of abundance and feeling of wealth that will be fleeting if we're not careful with how we go about doing it. It's not to say don't enjoy it. Absolutely. Whatever you did to to get that, celebrate and enjoy. And it may not be a large sum of money like, you know, $1 million finding, you know, falling into your lap. It might be your income went from $150,000 and it just jumped to 200 or $250,000. Right? So that yeah, that that increase, large increase in income, all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, let's go on that 20 or $30,000 trip that we've been talking about." And not to say that you shouldn't reward yourself and and experience life, but if you experience life to the standpoint of you are used to $150,000 income, now you've got a $250,000 income and your lifestyle just jumps from 150 to 250. Well, without any kind of additional savings, what does that do long-term for us? So it's actually really, really counterproductive because not only do we not save any of that additional dollars, but we just increase the amount that we need to be able to replace that lifestyle once we stop working. So it's a double-edged sword that cuts on both sides, unless we have a way of making sure that we systematically save some of that extra. And as Ryan said, enjoy it. However, we need to make sure that we don't wind up with what we call lifestyle creep or lifestyle inflation, where you go from making 150 to making 250, and instantly that extra 100 grand net of taxes just gets spent. We need to have a way of saving a chunk of that. I would suggest at least 20%. And if you're below 20% savings before, try and use that to make up some of that difference. So it might be that you save 40 or 50%. Even if you're saving 50%, you just increased your lifestyle by 50% of whatever your the that increase was. So you still get to enjoy and celebrate. You just can't go all in on enjoying and celebrating. Yeah. You know, it just, it just hits you over the head when you think about it from the standpoint of the most, um, the whole reason we save money is so that we don't have to work anymore. We may want to work, right? The definition of retirement is changed quite a bit. Not dramatically. Right? It's no longer the stereotype of, you know, I'm going to retire at age 60 or 65. I get my watch and I go retire in my pension or whatever that looks like. Right. It, you don't get that anymore. Now it's, no, I no longer want to have to work. I want to live the life based on what I want to do that day. And if that's what we all want, then when you are constantly increasing your lifestyle by how much your pay is going up, you are not, it's going to be very difficult or it's going to be a lot longer for you to get there. You're running on a treadmill with no end. What priority is it? If it's not a high priority, fine. That's great. Yeah. And just like, I'm going to be, I guess, kind of rude here and just be aware that you just extended when you can feel that way. And that's on you. And we also probably need to make sure that your the protection of your income is increasing because if you don't have the savings behind it, like now it becomes that more, much more critical that that income is coming in. And so you really need to make sure that you're protecting your income. Yeah, just like when Lloyd was protecting his hands <laughs> with two pairs of gloves, right? And then Harry, you know, he find Harry finds out he's had two pairs of gloves this entire time. And then Lloyd looks at him like, 
yeah, we're in the mountains. Your hands are freezing, right? Like, protect yourself. Which takes us to number three, Mr. Collins. Uh, our no- number three is you have to make sure you have a plan. It feels like this is a lesson that comes from the entire movie. Um, the two guys set out for Aspen, where the beer flows like wine. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just one of those things where they, they have no plan on how much money they have, how they're going to get there. Their pets' heads are falling off. I, there's just so many, like, the state <laughs> trooper that pulls him over, that, like, then tells him to get the hell out of his state. Um, Lloyd driving five hours <laughs> in the wrong direction, and so then they run out of money and can't afford to uh, to get to Aspen anymore. So they have to sell the, the dog uh, van and buy that, like, crazy little scooter. Yeah, where I mean, the entire movie is is one big mess up after a mess up. And I guess, you know, the connoisseurs of the movie, Mr. Collins, would actually sit down and say they did have a plan. Remember, they had the ant farm. I'm sorry, the worm farm. <laughs> I've got worms. I've got worms. <laughs> right. And look, the, the point of the matter is, is. Have a have some sense of direction. Right. Have sit down. If you're married, sit down with your spouse, have a conversation. What is it you're wanting? What is it you're wanting to build? What's important in the next year or two? Right. This doesn't have to be because it will change. Right. Well, and have a way of periodically checking in so that you don't wind up driving one sixth of the country in the wrong direction. Like have an idea as to like, okay, how do I check in and understand where my retirement accounts should be? at this point compared to where I want to be. Because if you don't have a roadmap on figuring out how to get to whatever your stated goals are, it's really damn hard to get there. I'm I'm just imagining you and I in the scene where, and I'm wearing the orange suit, you know that. And you've got the blue suit. Putting out the vibes. Putting out the vibes, sword fighting with the canes. Uh, <laughs> We really should have uh, done that. Look, obviously this was an episode and, and a lot of fun and seriousness and in, in put in, inside of this and in standpoint of like, you can learn money lessons from almost anywhere you're going, you know, when you're looking for it. And Alex and I are, are weirdos that will, will <laughs> see that in, in the ways we're, we're hoping that this episode was a little bit more comedic. Uh, you know, Alex and I love movies. As, as Alex says, we will literally say like one-liners off the wall that like, if we don't know what the movie is, we mock each other. And so we wanted to bring that into, into this episode. We want talking about money and listening to two schmoes like Alex and I talking about money, make it more enjoyable as well as have some takeaways and, and, and put them into action. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Alex, that takes us to the question of the day. Our our question today is, what was your favorite scene from Dumb and Dumber? So if you've seen the movie, head on over to beerandmoney.net and let us know what you think. If you haven't seen the movie, it is absolutely hilarious. Go watch it. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll have to forgive my partner. He's a little bit slow 
the town is two miles that way. We hope this episode is valuable for you. And uh, as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License number 153-19412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924, Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699, CA Insurance License Number 0H24806, Pinpoint Number 2022-146862, Expiration November 2024.